0: Buying a home is exciting, but can also be scary. There's always a danger to making a decision that you'll later regret. This episode, we're gonna go through a few of the potential pitfalls that exist when buying a home and taking on a mortgage that can end up being one of the longest commitments of your life.
1: So the big question is this, how do veterinarians like you, who live demanding lives, who never seem to have enough time, able to achieve balance and take control of your finances with confidence, that is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. We are Florida Veterinary Advisors, and this is the Smarter Vet Podcast. Hey, Smarter Vets, this is Tom Seco and CJ Burnett. We're financial advisors that work with veterinarians, practice owners, and the veterinary community across the United States, owners of Florida Veterinary Advisors, and the host of this podcast, the Smarter Vet Financial Podcast. Our mission is to reduce financial stress. the veterinary community by providing
0: them with the next step in their plan make sure to check out all of our other great resources available on our website such as complimentary financial race ce's assessments videos articles you can find them by visiting flvetadvisors.com
1: hey and if you're finding this podcast to be helpful make sure to rate us on apple or spotify wherever you would like to enjoy our episodes If not, you can always find our Facebook page, The Smarter Podcast. Rate us on there and show us some love. We'd love to hear what you thought was great about some of our episodes.
0: So now we're entering into a time period where mortgage rates are higher than they've been in a a very long time. And uh, we've got a a lot of people out there that, I, I mean, I can't blame them for kind of complaining where they're at relative to what they were a year ago, two years ago. But I mean, hey, at least it's not nineteen eighty-two, where like I think the the peak of of mortgage interest rates was like sixteen percent.
1: Hmm. Yeah, they were they were hovering in the the double digits, it seemed like there for quite some time. And I think people were like, Yeah, this is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, on the on the other side of it, I believe savings accounts too were were paying like ten, fifteen, twenty percent. I mean it was some kind of absurd amount of money as well. All all interest rates were were higher, obviously, because the, you
0: know. The Federal Reserve. For all of you who don't know, the Federal Reserve essentially establishes uh, what they call the risk-free rate, kind of the rate that sets everything else. So, you know, yeah, and you know, sixteen percent in nineteen eighty-two definitely makes today feel like a discount still. And a lot of the times, people ask us like, when is the right time to buy a home? Is it? you know well and they're trying to predict whether the real estate market's going to go up whether it's going to go down and it's kind of one of those things where i mean you really can't predict you can predict where the housing market's going to go very similar to you can predict what what you're going to have for lunch next tuesday like unless you're like incredibly anal about what you eat, right? Uh, Unless you're somebody that has the same thing every single Tuesday or you, for whatever reason, plan to go to a specific restaurant next Tuesday for your lunch. Like Most people don't know what they're going to have for lunch today,
1: let alone what they're going to have for lunch next Tuesday. The biggest thing too about buying a house, because there's so many people that get into the mindset around, oh my gosh, I need to buy a house. Oh my gosh, I need to get I need to get. I need to purchase something uh, because now I'm just so tired of paying for rent and and this, that, and the other. So many different reasons that we're constantly hearing from people. And, and the the craziest part about it, though, is it's like you shouldn't just jump into something you are not actually ready for. And sometimes it's hard to understand. Like, when are we actually ready for homeownership? And you know, CJ and I, since we've been planning for some time, like it's we've talked with hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people throughout time, and it just seems that we've found that the safest way. Is just to make sure that your down payment and closing costs are about half of the total amount of cash that you have on hand. So, like, think of it like if you are putting down money to buy a house and you're saying, Well, I, I need a down payment, and then there's also the closing costs that are associated with it, multiply that by two. Whatever that number is, do you have that amount of cash sitting in your bank accounts? Uh, because then it's like, you know, what happens a lot of times people are sitting here, they buy a house, and then they have no money afterwards. And there's a term that we have <laughs> heard before. It's becoming house poor where all of a sudden it's like you have no money and all of a sudden you got to furnish it and you got other things you got to do.
0: Well, I mean, there's, and I think when it comes to buying a house, like you want to buy a house when you're ready financially, when it makes a lifestyle sense as well, because that you can't, you know, just rushing into a home because you're tired of paying rent. And, and there are many people that we know that they end up buying a home in an area, that they, that, you know, just to buy a home. And then a year later they're getting offers in another city and now they have to like figure out, well, what am I going to do with this house that I own? Right. And you pay closing costs on it. Uh, you know, so, and sometimes you, you luck out. Sometimes people luck out a year later, two years later, the, the real estate's up dramatically. Right. And sometimes people don't luck out and it's roughly about the same cost. Uh, you know, they, they end up selling the home for roughly about what they paid for. And so it just kind of depends on timing time, and really, we really don't have any control over what the real estate market's going to do uh, over the next year or two. So, you know, to try to predict, it's just hard. And if you you want to buy a house when you're ready, like when you have that right amount of cash on hand and when the payment is not going to put you
1: in a bad spot. Something, something that I'm thinking about too, just on, on one side to add one last thought to that, is when you're also looking to buy the house, because it's not even just the, the house going up in value over time, but it's also the maintenance of the house. It's also the the ongoing carry costs when it comes to taxes and different insurances that are involved. Because when you rent, your rent is your rent, and that's pretty much what it is. Sometimes utilities and all that's included. But then when you start looking at the house, it's not just the mortgage payment. <laughs> There's more involved. So coming to the financial standpoint, it's super important to consider that because... Even after a year or two, if you were going to sell that house, you could be at a loss still. And maybe you stayed a little difference. But if you're trying to split hairs from renting versus buying a house in the short term um, because of your life is not, you know, completely stable where you're gonna be at, you might want to be a little careful on that. So let's go through some of the the costs.
0: Uh, when it comes to uh, whenever you, you first initially buy a home, because some of you who are listening are thinking about buying your first home. Some of you have already probably bought a couple, maybe you've bought like 20, right? And, and you're listening to this episode, because you're just hoping you hear one little nugget of, of of thing that you haven't heard before. But you have a, a few different types of costs or things that you need to recognize or understand before you go into this thing. So the first you have your down payment. That's the you know, the amount of money that you're putting in, in equity, like you, if the home costs 500000 and you're putting a 10% down payment, well, that down payment would be, let's say, you know, $50,000 because that's 10% of 500000
1: Well, the, the down payment, it actually helps reduce the amount that you have to borrow too. So when you do put money down, that's, hey, this is how much I'm borrowing from the bank. Right.
0: So you buy a $500,000 house, you put $50,000 down. That means the mortgage is going to start balance at 450000 then you've also got closing costs. Closing costs are, are the, the costs that the mortgage company charges you to service the mortgage. So, you know, they can be anywhere from I've seen them as low as three or four thousand to as high as fifteen, twenty thousand. It kind of depends on the state, depends on the mortgage company. And and I think understanding closing costs, especially in your area, is, is pretty critical. You want to find somebody that can really help you understand uh, how the closing costs are calculated and, and where where they come from. So that way you're not paying a lot of money in closing costs so you don't necessarily have to, because one mortgage company might charge you seven and another might charge you 15. And you want to kind of know why, like why, why the difference?
1: You got furniture. Uh, of course you need to buy a dining table and sofas. Maybe you want a TV, <laughs> different things that come up. I, by default, I mean, it's there's thousands of dollars. I know when I moved into our house last year, I had to buy a washer dryer. I had to buy a refrigerator. I had to buy a whole plethora of different things. And by the time you know it, you're like, holy guacamole, like what just happened here? <laughs> well, And, and I, think it's, I think it's important to recognize because some people go, some people think,
0: well, I have those things. But what happens is when you get into another home, sometimes what you have just doesn't work in that home. Like your refrigerator might be too small or your washing machine just might be too old. And, and, you know, and there are a lot of times where people move furniture or they move appliances and things break in the move and now you got to you got to replace that furniture. And so I think f- to recognize I-, I remember a couple times whenever we would move, a lot of the times whenever we move, we just sell a lot of the stuff that we own because we know where we're going, that furniture is not really going to work and we're going to just kind of hit the reset button. So, you know, recognize furniture, you may think that you know how much furniture you're going to need, but and if you and you can do like kind of a bare minimal approach of just like, I am might have a bed and a coffee table and a couch and a TV and, <laughs> and kind of and live uh, a little bit shorthanded for a little while, but you at least need to recognize that before you go in. Cause if you're moving from a 1500 square foot house to
1: a 3000 square foot house, you know, you're probably going to be looking at double the amount of furniture needed. That's true. And the other thing is just miscellaneous things that can be there. So if it's a, an existing house, there might be certain upgrades, repairs, new ACs, the roof, maybe have some painting paint. to do. Paint's not expensive, but yes. painters can be expensive.
0: They can so paint. if, if, if you think you're going to do it yourself, that's cool. But just like, I, I know that whenever I get into a new home, I'm usually like, I, I got to pay somebody because it's going to take me six weekends to paint. Whereas mm-hmm. I can just have you know somebody do it in three days.
1: Well, those professional painters too, watching them cut in on the lines without any tape, I'm like, man, I can't do that. I'll be like tri- tripping all over the roof and everything. <laughs> yeah. So when you're when you're looking at the the purchasing of a house, of course, there's not just the, hey, look, I'm gonna get a house and then here's the payment, but also just keep in mind that there are certain additional costs that you have associated with it. But when you are picking out your house and looking to get a mortgage, there's always this big dilemma, this question that pops up of a 15 year versus the 30 year mortgage. And, and what do you usually hear on your end, CJ, when it comes to this? So there are many different opinions
0: out there as far as what kind of mortgage to pick, You know, 15 versus 30, whatever. Um, you really want to consider the differences in the demand of the monthly payment. A lot of people try to pick a 15 because they're going to save interest but then they get in year six of that 15-year uh, payment and they, they lose their job or their spouse loses their job or they end up having another kid that they didn't expect or like like name something that's unexpected that can happen in life. And then that 15-year mortgage, right, which, no, which was normally something that they kind of squeezed into may now actually be something that's very hard to get to And so sometimes, you know, just considering maybe getting a 30-year and then paying it like a 15, yeah, the interest rate is slightly higher. But if you get a 30-year mortgage and pay it like a 15, and then in year six, you need some extra cash flow, you can easily just make the lower payment. You don't have to make those additional payments and and, and immediately increase your cash flow just purely based on not not paying the the payment that you were before.
1: Yeah, it's it's all about flexibility and having control. And I, I know one thing that on our end, when we're talking with people, it's like, you know, depending on your cash flow position, there's always like, let's say there's a right way or there's a different way of being able to handle or, or, or t- take a, a mortgage out. So like, you know, when, when you are taking out, we, we always believe that a 30 year mortgage tends to make the most sense for a lot of people due to the fact that it minimizes the amount of required payment that you have to make each month. But if you have the idea of wanting to pay it off quicker, But then life does happen. You hit a speed bump, things do change and you need extra cash flow. You have that flexibility or maybe you want to save that money and have it the ability to be able to not have to work forever at some point or another. You want to start putting it towards your plans. So there has to be a bigger look at the picture versus just saying, hey, well, the 15 year I pay less in mortgage interest. And and just to
0: be clear, we're not recommending either one. We're just saying consider both sides. You want to consider all sides of, not just the payment and the interest that you might save, but also consider the flexibility and the ability to to move and change as life does. Now, you've heard of pity. You don't wanna have pity on anybody, right, Tom? Like, you don't wanna pity. P-I-T-I is something that's commonly referred to with mortgages, and it's principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. It's all of the, it's the four things that usually go into your payment whenever your monthly payment, because a lot of people just look at, they, they calculate the mortgage and they go, oh, there's my payment. Well, the calculating the mortgage payment just purely based on principal and interest still leaves out the government who charges you taxes on your property, and it leaves out the insurance company, which charges you an insurance premium to protect that property. So principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. And whereas principal and interest may, you know, are kind of predetermined usually in a set amount, especially if a fixed, if it's a fixed mortgage, they usually don't change it, change at all. But taxes and insurance, those change all the time. I mean, tax, uh, like, uh, especially with taxes, like Tom, you and I both got tax increases this year on our properties, right? It's just, we get something in the mail and they're like, Hey, we're increasing taxes. And so our payment will increase, uh, insurance. So I had a pool put in and now the insurance company is charging more money on that. So like, you really want to recognize that yes, your payment, your payment when you first get into a property may be at a certain amount, but if those taxes or insurances or if the escrow company didn't calculate things properly in your first year, or like as that's happened to a lot of people, we've had clients where their mortgage increases at you know six hundred dollars a month because certain taxes changed and like insurance changes, and I mean it's very rare circumstance that it's that much, but it has happened so. Really understanding how the principal interest taxes and insurance works in your area, in your mortgage payment, uh, with your insurance companies, like all those things are are a good thing to kind of investigate, especially in the area that you're looking at, because then you're not blindsided a year, two years, three years into your mortgage with this massive uh, hike in your payment because the, the
1: mortgage company didn't calculate things the way they should have. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're buying a new house too, because a lot of times the new house doesn't have certain taxes associated with it because they haven't appraised the value of the home yet. Uh, So those are some very valid things to keep in mind. So if you haven't yet, stop this episode and like the podcast page on Facebook. Go to the SmarterVest Financial Podcast on Facebook and like us. Uh, If you're finding this episode to be helpful, pick a friend, maybe two or three and share this with some other people that are looking to consider buying a house, maybe another house. Um, share this great information with them. So let's move to the down payment because this
0: is another thing that conversationally, at at Christmas parties, because you know Christmas is right around the corner. Uh, different places that we go, I know that this is a conversation with clients. Is you know how much of a down payment. Should I put down? Is it, you know, should I put down the 20% in order to save the PMI payment? Or should I put down the 5% so then I don't, you know, have to come out of pocket that much more cash and just pay the PMI? Now, I know that for a lot of people, they approach this in a way where they say, okay, if let's take a $500,000 home as an example, 20% of $500,000 is $100,000. So in order to get a $500,000 home and not pay PMI, you need a $100,000 down payment to get into that home. If you put a 5% down payment, that's $25,000 as a down payment. That's that's a lot lower. That's $75,000 difference. Mm-hmm. So some people say, well, I would rather have the $75,000 in my pocket for right now and pay the extra couple hundred dollars a month in PMI. Let's say it's a couple hundred bucks. And mostly because if I if if you had to put down the extra seventy five thousand, how long would it take for you to save the two hundred dollars in PMI to get back the seventy five thousand dollars that you put down? And usually that's an incredibly long time. Like I don't know, can, can we do that math real fast? I don't, let's, let me pull up a calculator. Seventy five thousand dollars. So if I save two hundred dollars a month in intra, or in uh, in PMI because I put an extra seventy five thousand dollars that means it's going to be it's going to take 375 months <laughs> uh which if we divide that by 12 let me go ahead and do that real fast that's about 31 years it's actually longer than the the actual mortgage the life of the mortgage right in order to get money but the thing about pmi is if you're doing a conventional loan a lot of the times and you'd have to you have to consult with mortgage brokers on this we're just we're just talking to you about what we hear with conversations
1: with other people. But you, usually PMI with conventional loans drops off in 11 years. It's also too, I mean, we want you to just take into consideration from this conversation today of saying, hey, look, I'm looking to get a mortgage. How do I go about this from a financially sound way? And of course, depending on how you want to put money down or not, and the kind of mortgage that you take at the end of the day, at least being educated is a big part of this conversation. Um, and if you're you know, looking to get in a house that requires a higher down payment to get into it because, well, you just can't afford the price of the house. You might want to take a moment to sit back and say, like, is this the right move for me? Because especially I know in certain parts of the country, you know, houses are very, very expensive or very pricey. I don't know how, whatever words you would like to use for it. And basically they're having, you're having to come out of pocket a lot more to buy it. You're talking about when people go to buy a home and the
0: mortgage in order to get the mortgage down to where the mortgage company would allow them to buy the house. They have to put so much money on a, as a down payment. That's what you're talking about.
1: Yes, it's, that's exactly what I'm talking about. So people are having to come out of pocket for with more money to be able to buy the house because, you know, the, the payment is just too high for them. So so some of the some things that we always look at from, you know, from a planning perspective is, you know, if you are looking to take out a house, the biggest thing is you always want to keep in mind is like, hey, can we find a house where the principal and interest payment not taking into consideration other costs associated with it are 15% of your gross income or less. So think about the principal and interest if you look on a mortgage statement, not, you know, your your PMI and nothing nothing else that's included in there. 15% or less of your gross income is usually the ideal spot that can help you be able to save and continue to live a life on a day-to-day basis so where you don't feel pinched.
0: And then also recognize the ongoing costs like comparison to rent versus home renovations and repairs, because sometimes the property that you're buying, even though it may may seem like the payment is lower or, or roughly about the same as renting, you might actually come have to come out of pocket a lot of repairs or maybe replace an AC or replace a roof, which then can obviously make it more expensive to own right now than it would be to rent. And you just want to recognize what kind of financial position are you in? Are you in that position? Do you have enough cash? Can you Can you, can you do this without putting yourself in a stressful situation where you're, where you're up all night wondering whether or not you're going to be able to make the repairs or make the mortgage payment because you know, you're strapped too thin. We
1: we hope you like this episode. If there's other ones that you want to enjoy or hear around these types of conversations or things that are on your mind, please make sure to drop us a line through our website. And if you haven't done yet done it, help spread the word about our podcast Find one, two, maybe three people that you know that are potentially looking to buy a house right now and share this episode with them because I think they might find this just as valuable as you did. This is CJ Burnett. And I'm Tom Sico. Wishing you a lifetime of financial success. Don't forget to visit our website and sign up for our newsletter. By subscribing, you'll be the first to know about upcoming race-approved CE webinars, podcast releases, short presentations, and articles that we publish. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on LinkedIn, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Submission number 2022 147722 expires December of 2024.